0: If you join me in your Bibles or in your bulletins or up on the screen, uh, this morning's scripture reading is 2 Peter 3:18 and 2 Peter 1 3 through 15. 2 Peter 3:18 and 1 3 through 15. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness for in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me, and I will make every effort so that after my departure you may be able, at any time, to recall these things. All
1: right. Am I, am I on there? There it is. Okay. I just want to invite everyone to keep their Bible open there to 2 Peter. and um, But before we begin, I just, just want to briefly just say uh, that we'll miss you guys and I... Um, I came across uh, yesterday, Saturday, yesterday, um, some old pictures um, from when church first started, and um, you know there's there's uh, lots of people that look a lot younger, and uh, you know seven eight years ago, and just some really fun memories. And um, but part of that really is just early on in our church family, just the the relationship um, that we've had with both of you. But we are very excited about the future. And, and uh, I think if you don't know, but Ford is attending uh, PA school, Physicians Assistant School, and a uh, th- two-year program? three, two Two and a half year program to, uh, to complete that. So that's a, a worthy endeavor for you. Excited about that. Uh, we are going to start a brief summer series this morning on um, grace-motivated growth. And uh, as I was thinking about uh, this week, it reminded me of uh, teaching my boys how to ride a bike. And um, you know there, there are certain things that, when you're a parent, that you really look forward to as, as being a parent. And one of them is teaching the kids to, to ride bikes. And um, my boys, uh, for whatever reason, maybe it's how I was brought up, fortunately or unfortunately, they were not allowed training wheels. Like, Kelly boys, you just don't get training wheels. Push you, and you're going. And um, one of the things, though, that you learn in riding a bike is that um, momentum Helps, right? Momentum, an appropriate amount of speed and progress makes riding a bike a lot easier. And then, um, you know, as you slow down, you get a little bit of wobbly and uh, it becomes a little bit dangerous. When Peter writes this letter, um, he is writing about spiritual growth. That regardless of where you are at in your spiritual life, that we are to be people who are growing. And so he writes, um, at the very end of his letter, he writes this Joel read it this morning. But we are all called to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. That that regardless of who you are, if you've been a follower of Jesus Christ for decades or this is a brand new thing, that we are all called to be making progress, to be um, on a path of momentum. The reality, though, is this. This is what's true about the Christian life. It's not always this just fast paced growth. The reality is that sometimes we fall back and we make mistakes and we fall back into old habits and, and we don't grow as much as we would like. Um, you know, I, I talk to people regularly just as, as part of my role, and, and part of that is the discouragement and the, um, the guilt and the shame that comes along with not growing at the rate that we should. And it is so important to remember that, when we talk about this for this morning and a few more, that we talk about grace motivated growing. So regardless of what you've done in the past, regardless of what you did yesterday, or if you've been walking with the Lord for a long time, but you're kind of stuck and you're kind of wobbly and and you're not growing as much as you think, today is the day to receive grace. Today is the day to start and, and to understand God's love for you and that you are called to be a growing person. So the mark of a true Christian is this. We all mess up regularly and we are all in constant need of God's grace. So Peter writes this letter and um, we put a little roadmap for you on the bulletin this morning to help us understand it and uh, try to break up this passage. And so we're gonna begin with this. Number one is this that you will grow in your spiritual life by understanding what God provides for you. And that is the foundation, really, that you see all throughout the Bible. When you see Paul's letters that he writes, when you look at the Old Testament story, it's always this. It's always that God provides his grace first. That, and I've said it before over the years, that the indicative or the statement of truth, the statement of God's love and God's grace for you, always comes before the imperative, the imperative of living in a way that's honoring to Christ. So Peter does the exact same thing. He says this, number one, you grow by understanding what God has done for you. And verse three and four say two things. So verse three says this, number one, his divine power has granted to you all the things that pertain to life and godliness. So the power of God is given to you For everything in life, everything that you need in life to grow, everything you need in life to be content, to be happy in life, God provides for you all things. He has fully equipped you to live the Christian life. It's not one of independence. It's not one of you just doing things on your own. God has, in his grace and in his love for you, has given you everything that you need to to live and grow. And then he says this, the purpose of this power that God has in your life is to put God's glory on display for your life so God's divine power is given to everyone verse 4 says this the second part by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so two things that God gives to you he gives you power and he gives you his promises to live the Christian life and what's interesting If you have your Bible, look in chapter 2, verse 19, because there's another promise that happens, and these are from false teachers. Verse 19 says this, they promise, these people who are preaching another gospel, they preach freedom, but they themselves are slaves to corruption. So Peter is saying this, there is a way for you to live your life. There is a way forward. Regardless of what you've done in your life, regardless of what happened yesterday or last week, That God's grace, his power, and his promises provide a way forward. And then he says this, look at verse 4. So that through them, through these promises, you will become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world because of its sinful desires. So Peter is saying that there is a way forward that's, that's centered and anchored and empowered in what God has done for you that there is a newness of life. I mentioned it uh, many times over the years, but C.S. Lewis in his book, Mere Christianity, writes the idea that that Christianity is about a new life. It's not about making people nice. It's about being new. And we even sang that this morning, that the gospel brings newness of life no matter what has happened. And so he begins his letter in verses three and four, and he wants to remind people of this, that... Your ability to grow and actually live this out is anchored on the power and promises of God that creates a new life. That new life does things like gives you new desires, new friendships, a new outlook on life, new ambitions, a new joy, a new form of contentment, a new way to understand the world, new hopes, new dislikes, it's a complete reshaping of your life and it's worth it to think about it this this morning and 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 one of the reasons um, we even print out bulletins and just because we're old-fashioned a little bit as far as paper it is worth it for you to think about this for a second is how is God's divine power and promises making things new in your life when is the last time you've thought about that maybe you've been walking with the Lord for a really long time God is continually making things new in our lives. And he gives us his power and his promises. So be thinking about that this week. Be thinking about that this morning. What areas of your life are being made new because of the power and promises of God? That's number one. Number two, though, he says this. That our job, that we, in addition to having God's grace and his power and his promises, Peter says this, For this very reason, make every effort. Make every effort, and this is an interesting word, make every effort is this, it's an intense effort, it's a full hearted effort, it's full attention to your growth. Think about it for a second, what do you give full attention to, what do you give full effort to? I know we have a lot of active and athletic people in our church and, and we, we can give full effort to that or full effort to our employment where we work really hard and really diligently at these things. But Peter says this, that you are to make every effort in your life to be growing spiritually. I came across something uh, on Twitter this week, and I, I'm, I'm a rookie Twitter guy, and I don't want to make it a big deal. But this caught my attention, and it's really relevant, I think. And I, I think we have it. Do we have that, Liz? I think Jesse typed it out. I came across this. So... Peter is saying, make every effort to grow. Full attention to your spiritual life. And and then think about this for a second, how this contrasts. What are we giving full attention to? Well, if you're giving full attention to yourself, we call you a narcissist. If you give full attention to your family only, nepotism. All you care about is you and your family. My tribe, we call that racism. Country first. Nationalism, that leads to wars by the way, right? That leads to world wars, nationalism. The kingdom of God, that should be our our priority. That should be our driving effort. Do do you see how the gospel presents a new way of living life? It's a completely new way of life. The goal is not to make nice people, polite people, respectable people. We need something more than that. We need a new view of life. And Peter is saying this, make every effort to be grace-motivated growers to know that God's power and his promises are there for you. That's the only way you're going to grow. That's the only way you're going to get out of this, the only way to get out of being stuck in immaturity. The only way to get out of self-centeredness And these words are obviously quite um, familiar to us in the days that we live in. We hear these words all the time. And the question is, how do they apply to you? It's not about anyone else. It's how does it apply to you? And what happens sometimes is we, we can't even get past the first one, that narcissism blinds us to our ability to see and love other people. Thank you for that. We'll go on. So Peter says this, make every, for this reason, he's connecting it with verses 3 and 4. What reason? Because of the power and the promises that are available to you. Make every effort to make these a part of your life. That's what Peter is saying. What's interesting, though, is that Peter is going to write um, about motivation, about why it's important. And he's going to um, explain in verses 8 through 15 and I'm just gonna show you if you have this if you would like to make notes and just try to trace his flow of thought and try to understand what Peter is saying Peter's going to say make every effort to supplement your faith with these things with this list of things that we have here in the bulletin alright and he's going to refer to the, that list as these things are these qualities so number one he says this the motivation to grow and to apply these things into your life is number one they are extremely important. Look at verses 12 through 15. He says this, Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities. That's the qualities that, he's, that are in the bulletin. We'll look at in a minute. And this is what he says, Though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. So he's saying this, You know them. You know that you need to be a growing person. You know you need to be adding these things to your life. These qualities are important. He's reminding them. So you know something. But sometimes we don't live it out. So he's reminding them again. Then he says this, verse 13, I think it is right as long as I am in this body. So he's about ready to die. He's an old guy now. Look what he says. To stir you up by way of reminder. He's trying to stir up the affections of our heart, stir up our intellect, the way we think, the way we view life. He's saying this is very important that you are growing Christians. Verse 14, Since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon. That means he's an old man. He's going to pass away and die soon. As our Lord Jesus has made it clear, I will make every effort so that after my departure, after I die, you may be able to recall these things. So Peter is making it crystal clear that spiritual growth is an important part of our lives and that spiritual growth is anchored and built on the power and promises of God. That's number one, he says. The motivating incentive to grow is that it's very important to your life. That you grow out of maturity. That you keep growing regardless of where you're at in life. Regardless of the things you've done. Regardless of the guilt in your life. And that's why he always builds it on his grace. The second motivating factor is this, is that it will make you effective in life. Verse 8 says this, For if these qualities, again, these qualities, that's the list in the bulletin, if these qualities are yours and are increasing, here it is again, they're growing, these these qualities are part of our life, they're active part of life, they will keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to be effective, If you you don't want to be ineffective, and think about that just for a second in your workplace, if you're ineffective in your work life, something's going to have to change, right? You have to be effective. Peter is saying this, if you want to be effective in the Christian life, if you want to be growing, you need to be applying these things. They will help you know Jesus Christ more. And that's what we want, right? We want to know Christ more. Then he says, uh, these things will pre- pre- excuse me, prevent you from being spiritually blind. Look at verse 9. For whoever lacks these qualities, he's just repeating himself over and over again, these qualities that listen in the bulletin. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sin. So if you lack giving full effort to your spiritual growth, he's saying that you will forget, you'll be blind, and you'll forget what do you forget that you've been cleansed from your sins completely clean from your sins. you'll forget that and when you forget that you are cleansed from your sin you live in guilt and shame and you withdraw and you isolate so peter is making it so clear to us in our lives that this is gro- grace motivated growth that we are to be practicing these things. Last thing that he says, the last motivation, verse 11 says this For in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's saying there's going to be, so, I don't know exactly what this means, but there's going to be some kind of rich welcoming to you into the presence of God, into his eternal kingdom, when you practice these things. Well, let's look for then just a few moments here in the finish to look at what these things are. So verses five through seven are going to explain to us what these things are that he's been talking about. So he says this, verse five, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement to your faith. The word supplement is to fill out, to, to, make, um, to make visible. Um, he's not talking about adding something to saving faith. He's saying that, Um, Add to your faith this ladder of the Christian life. And here's what's interesting about these virtues that he's going to be talking about. He begins with saving faith. He says that when Jesus Christ becomes the center of your life, when you put your faith and trust in him, that is the beginning process of living out the Christian life. And look at what he ends with, though. He ends with love. We've talked about this before. Maybe the most overword hard to do word there is because love means you're selfless love means you're no longer a narcissist love means you no longer think about yourself first and so peter is saying these are the things that we need to learn about these are the things we need to grow in so let's work our way through these things here for a moment um, he begins with this and the word in the english standard version is the word virtue and it's the idea of of Imitating the life of Christ, that, that your life, your character, the way you live, imitates Jesus Christ. And one of the things that I, I think it'd be worth it for us to do this week as we think about spiritual growth and, and we have these ideas in the bulletin is to keep this this week. Keep it in your Bible as you as you read it during the day, or put it somewhere where you will see it. And think about just note one thing, maybe in the morning where you're reading through this. And and think about one way that you can grow in this character trait uh, on that particular day. So, Peter says virtue, character, that your life will imitate Christ. Number two, he says knowledge. That we are to be growing in knowledge. And he's referring here about knowledge of Jesus Christ. And the question is, can you learn one thing? Can you... Can you write down one new thing that you learned about Jesus Christ? The the alternative is ignorance and just being unaware. And Peter says that we are to make every effort to grow in our knowledge of Jesus Christ. The problem with knowledge, growing in knowledge, is this. It takes effort. It's hard. It's it's fun to live in, in ignorance in many ways. I remember uh, this is many years ago now that when my dog was young, and uh, I would take him mountain bike riding with me, and I would just throw him in the back of my truck as I did when I was a teenager in Washington. And I was driving up Canaan, and a highway patrol pulled me over and said, um, can't have your dog run around the back of the truck. And I was like, I was like, I didn't know that. And I was, we kind of had a nice conversation. He looked at me, and he's like, I don't care if you didn't know that. Like, it's a law. Like, you can be a really nice guy and say, I just didn't know. And and he was being polite, but kind of also kind of hard. Like, ignorance doesn't matter. Like, I'm not going to give you a break because you're ignorant. And sometimes, if we're honest, we enjoy a little bit of ignorance about Christ. We enjoy being unaware because what do we do as people? We then make excuses because we don't know. And it's easier that way. That's why Peter says this, to make every effort In the same way that you make effort in your athletic endeavors, in the same way that you make every effort to provide for your family through work and other things, make every effort to know Jesus Christ, to know who he was, the son of God, the man who came to this earth to love and to live and die for the sins of the world. Number three, self-control. Now we're getting more specific. In the morning, how can I, you're writing this down, how can God's How can God's spirit live through me in a way that I can live with self-control? Think about how relevant this is and how important this is. Next is the word endurance. It's not an option to quit. If we could capture the Christian life in one word that's so meaningful to us, it is this word endurance, that you will persevere That even when life beats you up, that there is something about God's love in your life that will pull you back. And this is, this again is why grace-motivated growth is essential. Because we all go our own way. We all do things that we think are right. We all walk away from Christ. We don't always love Christ and pursue him. But what God's spirit will do to you, he will draw you back. He will draw you back. Next, Peter uses the word godliness. And the idea here is you walk humbly with God, that you are practicing the presence of God in your life. Right? So just think about this for a second. Now. <clears throat> this is hard to do when things line up, things get a little bit frustrating in life, and, and you're trying to think and live out a, a life that's honoring to God and, and to make this a real part of your life. Walking humbly with God, practicing the presence of God in your life. And we've said this a lot. When life is going great, when your marriage is great, the kids are perfectly obedient, and there's money, and life is working, not too hard. As soon as things go a little bit off, it gets much more difficult. As soon as you slow down in growth and get a little bit wobbly in life, walking humbly with God becomes much more challenging. Next, Peter says this, brotherly love. And he's talking about here, he's talking about love for one another as a church family. Peter's writing um, believers, and he's saying this, that you need to grow in your love for one another. Listen, again, this is one of the nicest things to talk about, but as you get to know each other, as you get to know me, and, and you learn people's flaws, and you learn their mistakes, and you learn that they're even unaware of mistakes in their lives, that they're narcissistic in certain areas of their lives. It is so hard to, to live this out. And do you know how you can do it? By the power and promises of God. That a church family can love one another. That they can sacrifice for one, one another. They can serve for one another. And n- next, Peter continues with this word agape or agape love. And it's the idea that you're willing to sacrifice. You're willing to lay down your agenda for your neighbor. You're willing to lay down what you want so someone else can have what they want. Think about how hard this is. Think about how self-centered we all can be. We want things our way. And Peter says that we are to make every effort to sacrificially love one another. Peter equips us to live the Christian life because of God's power, because of his promises, but he also exhorts us, he begins his letter by saying make every effort to grow. Every effort. And he concludes his letter by saying, but grow. Grow in the grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So for the next couple of weeks, we're gonna be looking at this topic of, of Christian growth and how we do it. And Peter begins by saying this, that God provides the power God provides his presence. He provides promises. And it's based on that. It's based on your understanding of that that you are to make every effort to live this out. To make every effort. It's worth it to think for a moment what are the things right now in your life that you make every effort towards. Peter reminds us of the value of knowing Jesus Christ of walking humbly following him and learning to love like him my hope, my prayer is that in my own personal life in my family within my home and within our church family that we would be people who make every effort to grow not on our own strength because God provides the power God provides the promises let's pray together Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would awaken our hearts to this truth that we are to be growing people, that we are to be making every effort to know you, to walk in your ways. And Father, we we confess, we, we humbly confess that sometimes in our lives, or often in our lives, we work really hard at everything except knowing you that you get pushed aside far too easy in our hearts. Father, I pray you would awaken within us an understanding of your power, that through your spirit, we can be growing people, more loving, more self-control, more thoughtful, more humble, more considerate, less driven by self, less driven by ignorance, but that we would grow in grace and in the knowledge of your Son, Jesus Christ. We ask these things in your name. Amen.